3: Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this busy Friday. We're going to begin tonight with that bombshell move by the world's largest social media platform, suspending former President Trump for two years. Nearly 3 billion people use Facebook each month, but in a statement tonight, the company says the 45th president won't be one of them until at least January of 2023. Punishment for posts he made during the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. The decision to keep Mr. Trump off of Facebook as well as Instagram has major implications ahead of next year's midterm elections, as well as on Mr. Trump's plans to run for re-election in 2024, in part because social media has been a vital source of political fundraising. Now, this suspension comes five months after the attack on the Capitol. And tonight, CBS News has learned the Department of Justice is still looking for 250 people, it says, assaulted police or committed violence on that day. CBS's Nicole Killian is on Capitol Hill for us tonight. But first, CBS's Nancy Cordes is going to lead of our coverage with that stunning announcement by Facebook. Good evening, Nancy.
4: Good evening, Nora. And tonight, those January posts from President Trump have prompted Facebook to come up with entirely new rules for public figures who stoke or embrace violence. And Mr. Trump got the maximum penalty. If former President Trump had a Facebook status tonight, it would read suspended until January 2023. If Mr. Trump commits further violations in future, Facebook said, he could be subject to permanent removal of his pages and accounts. feels pretty unlikely that the zebra is going to change his stripes
5: over the next two years. We'll
4: see. It was this pair of falsehood-ridden posts that got Mr. Trump thrown off Facebook in January.
6: We love you. You're very special. In them, he hailed
4: rioters as great patriots, patriots even as they stormed the Capitol, leaving five dead.
6: We had an election that was stolen from us. Nick
4: Clegg is Facebook's vice president. Why did you decide that two years was the proper amount of time to keep Mr. Trump off of the
3: platform?
7: We're always trying to strike a balance here. We're trying to make sure that the penalty is Uh, long enough to reflect the gravity of the violation that occurred in January, that it acts as a deterrent and that it's also proportionate.
4: Facebook initially imposed an indefinite suspension. Twitter banned him altogether. But last month, a Facebook advisory board called on the company to issue clearer rules. So today, Facebook unveiled its heightened penalties for public figures during times of civil unrest and ongoing violence. The suspensions range from one month to Mr. Trump's two years. Whether you're the
7: Pope or the Queen or the President of the United States, we apply it to everybody, is you cannot use our services to say things which we think deliberately can
4: lead to harm. Republicans quickly accused the tech giant of censorship. And Mr. Trump issued a one-line rebuke of Facebook's founder. Next time I'm in the White House, he vowed, there will be no more dinners at his request with Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. It will be all business. Today's decision means that Mr. Trump will no longer be able to raise money for himself or for other Republicans on Facebook until after the 2022 midterm elections, though he could be reinstated in time for a presidential bid in 2024, Nora.
3: All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. Not only did the January 6th riot lead to former President Trump getting kicked off social media, it also put a strain in the relationship with his vice president. And tonight, Mike Pence is making it clear the tension is still there. Here, CBS's Nicole Killian.
6: January 6th was a dark day in the history of the United States Capitol.
5: In his most extensive comments since rioters openly called for his execution. Hey, and forced his evacuation from the Senate chamber during the electoral count, former Vice President Mike Pence offered a stunning admission during a Republican dinner in New Hampshire.
6: You know, President Trump and I have spoken many times since we left office. And I don't know if we'll ever see eye to eye on that day. Then President Trump
5: slammed his vice president for a lack of courage for refusing to overturn the results of the election.
6: The objection is not sustained.
5: And while he didn't immediately weigh in on Mr. Pence's latest comments, the former president is set to deliver his own speech Saturday at a GOP convention in North Carolina. <laughs> This weekend marks five months since the Capitol attack. Federal prosecutors say at least 465 people have been arrested. The damage at the Capitol estimated at $1.5 million. Of the approximately 140 officers who were injured, CBS News has learned at least 17 remain out of work due to injuries sustained during the riot, which killed five people, including U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. His mother, Gladys, is still in mourning i just can't believe i have
6: a son that's going to be in the history books who knew to get into like this to get into a history books like this that it's not right
5: she's still pushing for a january 6 commission even though the senate rejected it last month meantime a joint senate panel that has been investigating the attack is expected to issue
3: its first report next week nora all right nicole killian thank you well, the CDC tonight is sounding the alarm after a troubling spike in hospitalizations among young COVID patients. We get more on this from CBS's Mola Lenghi.
4: Tonight, the CDC's stark warning. It is these findings that demonstrates the level of severe disease even among youth that are preventable.
0: Before most were eligible for the vaccine, many teens who got COVID and had to go to the hospital wound up in intensive care, nearly one third of them, and nearly 5% were put on respirators. Today, CDC director Rochelle Walensky said she is deeply concerned by the numbers of hospitalized adolescents. Much of this suffering can be prevented. Only about a quarter of kids aged 12 to 17 have gotten at least one dose. Dr. Paul Offit says we have to do better. Are children getting vaccinated at acceptable enough rates? No. One big obstacle, convincing some parents the vaccine is safe, long term, especially for girls. I know there's some misinformation that is causing some hesitancy with regards to uh, fertility in, in, in young uh, women.
8: Unfortunately, misinformation plays a big role in this. There are many women of childbearing age who are saying, look, not, this vaccine is not for me. I, I don't want it to affect my ability to have babies. It's a false notion. But, you know, once you've raised that question, once you've scared people, it's hard to unscare them. <laughs> Today, there was a
0: pre-summer vaccination party at a Bronx, New York public school, one of the pop-up sites, making it easier for kids to get their shots.
5: Okay, do it again.
0: The game of rock, paper, scissors between kids and their parents determined who went first.
5: I'm scared about the coronavirus, but not about the vaccine.
0: It's nice to get the vaccination just to be safe. Well here in New York, the COVID positivity rate has been declining for 60 days straight. And because of that, unvaccinated students and staff will no longer have to wear masks inside of schools and indoor facilities at summer camps beginning Monday, Nora.
3: Mollolenghi, thank you. FBI Director Christopher Wray is comparing the threat from cyber attacks to 9-11 and says many of the attacks trace back to Russia. One group of hackers is getting more brazen by the day. Here, CBS's Jeff Pegues.
9: Tonight, the hackers linked to the ransomware attack on JBS, sending a bold message to U.S. law enforcement in Russian are evil, saying that it chose the meat distributor for the revenue and because the parent company is located in Brazil, where the attack was directed. Adding why the U.S. intervened is not clear because the U.S. put us on the agenda with Putin. We are not going anywhere. The gloves are off. Adam Myers tracks cyber attacks and the groups behind them. It also looks like that they like the attention.
1: I think that they don't
9: necessarily like the attention, but they have the attention, so they're going to use it in in the way that they think that will benefit them the most. FBI Director Christopher Wray comparing the Bureau's response to the ransomware attacks to how the Bureau evolved after September 11th to confront terrorism.
6: There's a model in place for this. And they are pulling out all stops. It's not just a bureaucratic gesture.
9: The FBI is investigating about 100 different types of ransomware. One of the latest ransomware attacks took some Cox Media Group radio and TV stations offline. Many of the criminal gangs tied to the ransomware attacks are based in Russia, where they are known to show off their luxury cars and exotic pets. Lisa Monaco is the deputy Deputy attorney Attorney. general. Some of the recent ransomware
4: attacks that we've seen uh, come from groups that uh, have links to Russia, and no country should be harboring criminal actors of any type.
9: Tackling these ransomware cases is going to be a major law enforcement undertaking. The Justice Department says that it will use the National Security Division, money laundering and asset recovery investigators, the FBI and other DOJ components to try to disrupt these schemes.
3: Nora. All right, Jeff Pagase, thank you. Well, tonight, President Biden is hailing the May jobs report as a sign that America is on the move again. Hiring did pick up with 559,000 jobs created. That's about double the April figure. And the unemployment rate dipped three-tenths of a point to 5.8 percent. That's actually the lowest since the pandemic began. But the U.S. is still has nearly 8 million fewer jobs than before. All right, tonight, the dangerous record-breaking heat that's been broiling the West is moving into the Midwest and the Northeast. So let's get the weekend forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. I feel like, Lonnie, it's gonna be really a difference from last weekend. <laughs>
7: Oh, this is going to be two different ends of the spectrum, I'll tell you. Now, right now, here in the East Coast, we're catching some rain. The rain gear is on. By this weekend, it's going to be hot and sunny. It's T-shirts at best. If you take a look at the radar picture right now, the heaviest rain is actually not in the northeast. It's down around Texas pushing to New Orleans. But it's the northeast where that front is moving through. Everything's going to change because the story has been the heat in portions of our country. Look at the records we had today. International Falls. We refer to International Falls as the icebox of the country. International Falls was 98 today. Uh, You get into portions of North Dakota, it was 106 degrees. What's going to happen dynamically in the atmosphere? That front pushes offshore from the east coast, right? It allows the jet stream to push to the north. We all fill up with some big time heat. I would say 75% of the country is above average this weekend. Look at your numbers out there. 101. It's a record tomorrow in Minneapolis. D.C. at 92 degrees. Could be kicking off a five-day heat wave. Burlington in vermont on sunday hits 90 degrees last weekend most of the northeast had temperatures in the 40s maybe some of you were in the lower 50s this weekend all of the northeast into the 90s nora
3: yeah we're trying to forget about last weekend all right lonnie quinn thank you (laughs) and tonight we're finally learning what's in a long-awaited government report on ufos everyone wants to know if aliens are buzzing around in our skies especially after 60 minutes showed video of mysterious objects spoiler alert they're still unidentified. Here's CBS David Martin.
6: This is one of dozens of still unexplained encounters with what the Pentagon calls unidentified aerial phenomena. It happened during a US Navy exercise off California in 2019. The unidentified objects also showed up on radar.
8: One just sped up to 46 knots, 50 knots, closing in. 138 knots.
6: Pentagon confirmed these videos are authentic. The objects were not threatening, so the ship didn't try to shoot them down. It's getting close. Splash! Splash! The briefing slide said attempts to search for wreckage were ineffective. Another video shot from a second ship shows more unidentified objects. The videos were obtained by independent filmmaker Jeremy Corbell.
9: All of this was happening concurrently with about nine military or warships, a fleet of very brazen hugely lit up, high endurance vehicles that to this day cannot be determined origin or where they departed to.
6: An intelligence report to be released later this month found no evidence these and other objects seen by Navy pilots came from outer space. Also, no evidence they were part of some super secret Pentagon weapons program. Officials say the most plausible explanation is that somebody is spying on the US military, but nobody knows who they are or where they came from. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024
1: is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only 14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
3: In Massachusetts tonight, two police officers are recovering from gunshot wounds and a police dog is dead after they were attacked while investigating a domestic incident. Police say the suspect ran into the woods and opened fire on the officers who returned fire and killed the man. Police saluted the fallen canine at the scene. Well, tonight, Fisher Price is recalling 120,000 baby soothers after four infants died in accidents. The children, all between two and four months old, were reportedly put on their backs in the glider, unrestrained, and then later found on their stomachs. The recall affects the four-in-one rock and glide soother and the two-in-one soothe and play gliders. A company official said the deaths underscore the importance of following safety instructions. All right, it was an emotional scene as the daughter of a firefighter who who was gunned down in California this week, graduated from high school. Hundreds of firefighters were there to support Jocelyn Carlin as she was escorted by a sheriff's deputy who was a friend of her dad's. Jocelyn received her diploma while wearing her late father's firefighting jacket. Here's a question. Can you call it young love when two sweethearts are well into their golden years? Well, don't answer that until you hear from CBS's Steve Hartman tonight on the road.
8: For 95-year-old John Schultz, right the best thing to come out of this pandemic okay. is coming down the aisle. John's brand-new bride, Joy Morrow-Nolton, is also 95. And together, they're proving you're never too old hold hands. to make a lifetime commitment. Until death do us part. We first met John and Joy in March, parked along the banks of the Hudson River in Kingston, New York. Parked in the slang sense.
6: Wait a minute, getting your glasses up.
8: Fortunately, their PDA. That's it. Is mostly. For the week. LOL. He's a lot of baloney. (laughs) John and Joy were each widowed twice, but determined to find love again, which wasn't easy. Before getting vaccinated, they had to do most of their dating in a bubble. She was worth it. It was a pain in the neck though. (laughs) Perseverance. Pete Schultz is
6: John's son. They would call every day. Um, they'd find a way to get together, but they did whatever it took. You haven't held hands with me all day, by the way. Hold oh, my hand.
8: What it took, they say, was a return to simple pleasures like long drives to nowhere, batting balloons around the house, and a whole lot of selflessness. She bought me a walker. She bought you a walker? $159, I think.
6: Whoa. I told you she had money. <laughs> She did have it, so she bought my walker.
8: <laughs> Not to be outdone, John bought her a little something, too.
6: I declare you husband and wife.
8: <laughs> For many of us, June weddings will mark a reemergence. You me a kiss, your bride. A bright bloom after a dark winter and a proclamation that young love is officially out of lockdown. Steve Hartman, on the road, near Kingston, New York.
3: We wish them all the best. Sunday on Face the Nation, Senator Joe Manchin, former Secretary Condoleezza Rice, and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. If you can't watch the evening news live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. Have a great weekend. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music, before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey.
5: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator